We need new heroes. Ones suited for the times we're in. Courageous, righteous, the best in all of us. The danger with superheroes, they become icons. Wars are fought. Movements are formed. People need something to get behind. And we're gonna do it our own way. Not until symbols are dead and replaced. You okay? She will escalate and will not stop. The only power I have is that I believe we can do better. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Ture. And Derek Wong. This week, we're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe's second streaming series on Disney+, Plus after WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There have been two episodes released so far, New World Order and The Star-Spangled Man. So we'll be talking about those two episodes... So, right hot on the heels of WandaVision, we've got a, a new show. They didn't even waste any time releasing this, and uh, two episodes. What did you guys think? I mean, let's just get right into it, right? I really enjoyed these first two episodes. I like that they are pretty character-heavy. There definitely is some good action. Yeah, I, I thought all around these were both good episodes. I'm definitely interested to find out where this kind of spy action thing is going. But also, I I mean, I've always loved the character of Bucky, and I think he's given some really great stuff in these first two episodes. So I'm really looking forward to see kind of how his character develops. Yeah, for sure. I think we're probably going to do the same thing we did for WandaVision. We'll probably do like two episodes at a time. Although WandaVision, it was kind of broken up, kind of funky. Because we didn't know that we are going to continue covering the show. But I think now we kind of know that we want to continue covering these shows. So we'll probably just do... This is only six episodes, right? It's a six yeah. episodes mini series. So we'll just do two, two, and two. We'll split it up into three different episodes, like like we did with WandaVision, you know, WandaVision and then catching up with it and then wrapping it up. So, but yeah, I agree with you, Derek. I think there's a lot of good stuff in here, but it's funny to note that production wise, this was supposed to premiere first before WandaVision and then they changed it around. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe they wanted to like recalibrate some of the later episodes of this or something. I don't know. From my understanding, it had a lot to do with COVID. And I think production actually halted on this while they actually were able to still kind of go with WandaVision. Or WandaVision like somehow got ahead of this series. And that's why they released WandaVision first. That, that's my understanding. I mean, technically, Black Widow was supposed to be the start of right the next phase of the MCU. Right, right. Then it was supposed to be this Falcon the Winter Soldier. And then it was supposed to be WandaVision. But, you know, things shuffled around. We had a pandemic for the last year. Right. And it's interesting to see that now, like, the kind of that quirky sitcom TV show we got with WandaVision, it was the first thing to kind of kick off the next phase of the MCU. And now we're coming back to maybe what is deemed more of the traditional kind of sense of the MCU that we're used to with this Falcon and Witcher Soldier show. I think it's kind of funny because, like, WandaVision just... In the end, it became a Marvel show, right? It didn't really change the formula that much. I think the first couple of episodes were like, oh, what are they doing? It's like pretty surreal. It's kind of interesting. And like, it's different from things that they've done before. But like, 
they kind of pulled the wool over our eyes and then revealed that, wow, well, in the end, it's just two witches blowing each other out of the sky, right? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i oversimplifying, obviously, but yeah, this is great action. And like right out of the gate, it's like really what you would expect from a Falcon and Winter Soldier show. And I think it's attempting to play a little bit in the politics arena. I don't know how successful it is going to be in doing that. It's only been two episodes. But like you said, I do like the quieter character moments. I think Sam and Bucky get more to do in these two episodes than really the entire MCU. I mean, maybe Bucky more because he's got more of a presence, but Sam for sure. Well, what about you, Amir? What did you think? I was surprised actually how much I enjoyed this. I was like kind of... You were not really looking forward to it, I remember. No, not really. I was like kind of dreading going back to like Marvel stuff. I was just like, oh God, like as much as I like this stuff, it can also be very like paint by numbers, like bland corporate mainstream like stuff. And so I was just like, ugh. And especially because WandaVision didn't even do the Marvel stuff well. Like it wasn't a good example yeah. of Marvel stuff. So this was a pleasant surprise because it actually it did the Marvel stuff well. Yeah, the quote unquote Marvel stuff in WandaVision was some of the weakest in that show. Yeah, it was, right? it was almost yeah. the, it was it was like the worst part of the show, right? Whereas like in this, it's so sort of true to itself with its Marvelness that it's actually it's actually quite good. And there's not too much of like I don't know, there's not too much like super annoying quippiness. There's no one flying around shooting beams. It's a little down to earth and as Derek was saying, a little character focused. So it's 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 fun. I actually really quite enjoyed it. I think it actually captures the vibe of the Winter Soldier a lot because, like, you know, it's like the street level stuff. Are you talking about the movie? Yeah, the movie. This captures, like, that feel. It helps that they brought Henry Jackman for the score back, you know? I think his score is fantastic. If you ask me, like, about the musical cues of WandaVision, I couldn't tell you jack shit. But, like, this was very reminiscent of, like, the Henry Jackman conspiracy thriller type soundtrack and I, I i think it's really good i think he does a few callbacks to to the movie and, and things like that so i'm glad to have him back but yeah i enjoyed this a lot i think the opening action sequence in the first episode is fantastic it's so good that's like movie quality shit i was very happy to, to see them do some wingsuit stuff it was fun yeah Hey, Batrock the Leaper's Yeah, back. they brought Batrock the not Leaper back. That. Yeah. I, I didn't really remember where he was left, you know, in the movies, so I can't say. Like, is he supposed to be in jail or something? Like, I don't really remember. Yeah, arrested on the tanker arrested, or something. Yeah. yeah. It's cool to see cool to see him again. That's all, that's always fun. A couple of nice little like callbacks like that in, in, in these episodes. Oh yeah, it's definitely a, a direct tie to Winter Soldier, right? Because he the last time we saw him was in that movie. He's traditionally, I believe, a Captain America villain, so it is I think smart on them to bring back that character. I mean, you maybe you didn't remember him. Yeah, I think it's like very much for hardcore fans. I tend to like watching like reaction videos after the episode comes out just to see how other people react to the episode. And not that many people pointed out Batrock the Leaper, right? Because he's like kind of one and done in Winter Soldier. Not people just like tend to forget about him. But it was nice to have that for like hardcore fans to, to have a little cameo. Well, something tells me he's probably one and done in this too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that was my one, I think, one issue with that that scene was that I think it's great. You guys are totally correct. It's it's a great action scene. It's really kinetic. It actually reminds me a lot of like Mission Impossible, mm. their kind of action scenes. You know, the use of kind of CG, but also like really practical stuff. Like the fact that it does seem like a lot of it is shot where like there's actually actual parachuters doing that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. And 
and the stuff where they're like flying in and out of helicopters was really really cool yeah I like how Batroc the Leaper had like eight helicopters or something. His plan was to fly this guy on a plane, but then he's all like, I need some backup helicopters. Like how many backup helicopters do you want? <laughs> like five, you know, just in case one or two get blown up. And, and maybe I'm wrong. There were only two episodes in, but it does feel like this was like in no way tied to our main story at all. Yeah, I don't think it is. So like that's the maybe the most disappointing thing for me is that I you know like it just seems like it's it's really this action heavy beginning just to kind of draw us in right like this is this is Marvel this is that action that you guys love seeing but it doesn't have any weight that's just action movies in a nutshell right that's true yeah you always like establish the scene with like a throwaway action scene like even even with the Winter Soldier is kind of like that like the tanker is like tangentially related you know because of like the but it's the still related drive right? Yeah, you're right, right yeah yeah I, I think that's totally fine and it does establish the um uh the intel officer the relationship between him and torres yeah torres yeah so. yeah yeah which is really cool as a new character i'm like interested already like this guy who almost seems like he's gonna be like a little bit like a sidekick almost um so i'd be interested to see where he goes further i know that he has actual comic book ties character of torres i don't know if they're gonna go to that point but it'd be interesting to see if they do but yeah also really cool is that we got red wing back right mm-hmm. you know, we haven't i think the last time we saw red wing really was like civil war maybe like used effectively and then and now you know we kind of get him back again in this action scene and also in the action scene in the second episode yeah i think it's cool that they did some things that were like against expectations too and these like little twists weren't just for the sake of having a twist. They actually made, like, character sense. Like, the big one is is obviously Sam giving back the shield, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that was, like, a great touch, and it, like, sets up the whole series pretty well. I think, like, Sam in general is a great character on this series. I'm, I'm really impressed by the way they wrote him. He seems to have, like, this sort of intelligence that you don't really see in, like, these Marvel movies. Like, he's very level-headed, and he thinks about like the decisions that he makes and he like makes inferences about things that you don't really see people talk about by giving back the shield. He's thinking about like his place as like a black man in America and like taking up Mm -hmm. the mantle of captain America and how he can live up to the legacy of Steve Rogers. And like, he's also thinking about like how he can maneuver with the captain America name and like how it's not going to be the same as Steve. Right. And like, I don't know. There's there's some nuance there that I kind of like. I don't I don't know about what you guys thought. Yeah, I thought it totally totally made sense for the character. Um, the show's trying, I think, to say a couple things about race here. I don't know if it's gonna be successful in the end, but like for a Marvel show, I don't know. But like, dude, it's it's, it's giving it's giving it the old college try, and you know maybe it's beating you over the head with it a little bit, but like it's better than the opposite. So some people are saying it's great, like representation. Other people are saying it's dog shit. So I don't know, like. What what do you think, Amir? I mean, like, obviously, I don't know. I like it. I mean, I don't know what who's it. Like, why do people hate it? I don't know. They they just think it's like very heavy handed and like yeah, for sure it's heavy handed. But like, but like, what do you expect? It's right, better from... than the other way around, right? Like, this is my own opinion. I would say that like if we're talking about like the first two episodes, the bank scene really works for me, and even like the Isaiah Bradley scene really works for me when they're in that inside the house. So the Isaiah Bradley worked for me. The bank scene was a little bit like. Uh, like I get what you're trying to do, but like it's yeah. it's just it's very weird. It's like wait, this guy who's like a national celebrity, like known everywhere he goes, like is gonna have trouble getting a bank loan. Like it's a weird, 
thing they're trying to do, which like doesn't quite work. Like it would make it makes sense his sister maybe would be denied alone and no one knew, oh, you're Sam's sister, holy shit. But shouldn't they roll out the red carpet for that guy? Well, I think that's the expectation, right? Like he's a he's a celebrity and he thinks he's going to get it, but he doesn't. Right. Yeah, but it, it's not just celebrity. Like I feel like that kind of level of celebrity should come with some kind of economic clout. Like I don't think it's just like he's just famous, but everyone's like, "Well, fuck you. You don't get any money." Like it's just yeah. it, it's like it's just weird, right? Like like the cop thing makes sense. Like the, the the thing where the cops come up to them and, you know, Bucky and Sam are having an argument and the cops come up to them and they ask Bucky like, "Oh, is this like black gentleman bothering you i mean they don't say that but <laughs> that's the implication right just that oh okay like the cops show up and they're being racist assholes and like then they realize who he is and they back off and like that makes more sense and that's more true to life that's like you know i don't know danny glover complaining about cabs skipping him in the 90s and stuff like, like that makes sense like in places where you know your celebrity is not recognized and people make snap judgments you know they're gonna judge you but in a situation like the bank where like they know who this guy is and like He's been banking with their – like, they've been banking at that bank for generations, and he's a celebrity, and, like, you're going to just, like, nah, sorry, fuck you? Like, that's a little fucking weird. I, I, to- I totally agree. I feel like that's kind of like if George Clooney went to the bank and, like, he was rejected, but he also saved the world, like, eight times or something, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's super weird to, like, have no economic clout with that kind of <laughs> celebrity. Or not even George Clooney. Like, fucking, like – Carrot top. Even if you're like, oh, this guy's top, like, yeah. even if you're like, oh, this guy's like not that famous anymore or whatever, and like, like a B like, or it just C list, yeah, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. doesn't like just off the strength of the fact that he is who he is. Like, he's gonna have money at some point. You're gonna give him a little bit. of You're gonna extend him some credit. Like, I don't know. I, like, I don't know how tight credit would be in the aftermath of billions of people disappearing and then reappearing. So, you know, what the fuck do I know? But it just. Right. It reads really weird. Like that that's like them just trying to make a political point and not fully nailing it. Two two things here. I question if I would still like it if he actually did get the loan and then we knew that he got it because of his celebrity. You know what I mean? Like I guess there's diff- there's a difference between someone who actually like helps to save the world. Maybe that that titles you to special treatment, but at the same time, like I get there what they were trying to do there or what he was trying to do there. Like, hey, you recognize me, can you give me a favor? I don't know how I feel about it if he actually did get that favor. I would have liked it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Another thing, I felt like the cop one was a little heavy-handed. That's the heavy-handed one to me. It, it felt too a little too convenient that it was like the second he did get recognized, he's like, oh, you're Sam Wilson. Okay, we're going to leave you alone. But it's like this nudge that Disney's like, hey, guess what? He's fine, but we're going to arrest the white guy. You know what I mean? Too cute by halves, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not the black guy that's going to get arrested. Yeah. It's the yeah, white yeah. guy. It's a little little too cute, their inversion there. Yeah, that was a little too much for me. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's why I think the bank works for me, and Isaiah Bradley does, but then not, not the cop scene, per se. I do think people are just being very, very cynical about things. Like, they are trying with these things. No, and yeah, like, yeah. Even I totally if they agree. are hand, heavy-handed, like, it's better than not mentioning any of these things at all, right? I mean, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but, like, some people are saying, like, they'll be mad if, like, Isaiah Bradley never factors into the storyline again. And I think I would agree there, too. Like, if he just showed up to, like, wag his finger and, like, yell at Bucky and then just never show up again. Because there's a lot of, like, history and and context there that, like, can be explored there, right? Like, how black soldiers were, like, experimented on, like, and discarded and, like, 
you know, like the real life like Tuskegee experiments and things mm-hmm. like that. It's exactly. like it's like real real life things, you know. Isaiah Bradley's such a cool character. Like it's such a brilliant idea to be like, oh yeah, like if the government was testing some experimental shit, they would absolutely test it on black people first if they thought it. Yeah, would fuck, if they thought Especially it would fuck you then. up, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's a perfect, such a brilliant idea. So he's a really cool character on on that on that level, and I think that like you know they're probably setting up his like his little grandson there to be like uh, what the Patriot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Young Avengers or something. The, yeah, yeah, the Young, the young, young Avengers, Avengers count number two. Yeah, so I, I I think that's probably what's going on here. I definitely would like him to come back because it was cool to cool to have him show up. I was going to ask you guys. So with a six episode miniseries, this is kind of being taunted out. Is there room to do what the Watchmen did? I mean, you know, episode six, this extraordinary being, and have like a flashback episode with him. I don't think uh, Carl Lumley like looks. That's not his age, right? They definitely no. old men. Make Dude, I totally bit. didn't recognize Carl Lumley. I don't know why. It just didn't register to me that that was Carl Lumley. But like, so like, do you think we could get a flashback episode where he is like, you know, the first? Super soldier, like the first black super soldier, right? I don't think we're going to That'd be very cool. I don't think they're going to do it. Also, Carl Lumbly is 69. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I think they did old him up, but he is is 69. He's not like a young man anymore. His old age makeup looks pretty good. It does look pretty decent. I think Marvel drops the ball a lot on old age makeup, but this was pretty good. I think Peggy- looks really bad in the winter soldier like sometimes just just get an older actress man like right, yeah, don't put yeah, yeah. Haley atwell under like layers of makeup that looks really it didn't look good i don't think <laughs> but all right that's that's neither here or there one really cool thing i thought they did in the first episode was bring in roadie yeah yeah a james road war machine cameo i like it because it makes so much sense you know, it's not just like, hey, let's throw in War Machine because, you know, people recognize War Machine. Mm-hmm. Especially because, you know, Sam's giving a speech about, like, letting go of the shield, right? This was his best friend. This was someone he's lost, right? The whole world lost and the responsibility of being like Captain America. And then you can kind of see it on Rhodey's face that he's he's thinking about, like, Tony, right? Because mm-hmm. that's, like, his best friend, right? That's right. his mentor that he lost in, in Endgame. So I really thought that was a really wise choice to bring in Rhodey for that particular scene. Yeah, and I think, like, these TV shows usually, like, feel very insular because they won't bring in, like, the characters from the movies. Like, even though Sam and Bucky are from the movies, but, like, it's nice to see another big name in there, even if just for a second, right? Yeah. Just to have, have Don Cheadle back as, as Jim... James Rhodes for like just a scene and it's nice it makes it makes it feel like part of that universe and he said he's gonna check in with them so hopefully we'll get another uh, another episode yeah yeah maybe and like going back to what I said about Sam like another cool thing that I thought about was like how much Sam like reflects on things and like he's the one who's who just at first say maybe the flag smashers aren't like the out and out bad guys like he says that right away Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of cool, like that he's willing to give people like the benefit of the, not the benefit of the doubt, but like have like empathy and like see things from other people's like perspectives. I think that's that's interesting. Like, it, I mean, obviously it's too too early to tell what's going on with the flag smashers, and that's that's the part of the politics where I'm like, I'm a little worried about where they're gonna land with that. I'm very worried. Like making the villains like super antifa or whatever seems like a bad look. I do have a feeling like 
I'm I'm going to start like theorizing, but like, I do feel like they're going to be like a false flag operation or like going to end up being not the bad guys. Yeah, they're like patsies or something. Yeah, like, patsies, the, real, the real big yeah. bad is like especially with know. Zemo involved and like yeah, 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 the real big bad is going to be Hydra in some form or whatever. Yeah. And then there's also the I mean it's mentioned in the second episode, right? The power broker, right? He's also traditionally a villain in in the Marvel comics, so like Jeff said with Zemo's name thrown around like it I I think them being here and being kind of like stealing and the ones that are the targets of Sam and, and uh, Bucky in the second episode is a little bit of a red herring. Not to say that they won't turn out to be villains in the end, but it does kind of seem heavy handed with that. <laughs> John Walker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but before we get into that, let's let's talk about Bucky, right? Like yeah. I loved his intro, right? That therapy session that we get, mm-hmm. but also that flashback we have. Mm-hmm. I really loved that we got we got to see like winter soldier side of him again and it's something that still kind of haunts him right he has yeah. he literally has nightmares about it yeah he's on some bugs bunny god forgive me but i'm back to the old me meme shit <laughs> <laughs> pulling people through walls and shit I, and i'm an idiot but i didn't get the connection to uh his current day friend until until they like showed it oh my god oh, yeah. really i thought they were doing some cutesy thing where like maybe this old man was like his friend right yes that's where i thought they were gonna go because he's like really old and i was like oh that's kind of a cool idea that maybe he's connected with someone that he used right, to actually like be only, friends yeah, with like his only friend is like this guy who was literally no but yeah it's a different thing but then to find out like the rug kind of pulled under you was like oh shit like this is he's trying to make amends right he, like that's the kind of the crux of that first episode for him is like, and, and it totally fits with what's already been established about his mm-hmm. like little amends list and all that stuff yep so it, it totally worked for me. I know Jeff, you're gonna say you saw it coming from a mile away. <laughs> fuck you. I, but go I, ahead. I, I, go ahead. I did, but it, it actually just hit me as hard as anyone else did. I I thought mm-hmm. I was hoping like, oh, I hope I'm wrong that that's not the the dad of the kid he killed. That fucking sucks. And it turned out to be just that, right? And yeah. and, it, and it still works when like you're dreading that reveal and it and it happens anyway. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And like I feel like he could have taken a little weight off his chest by telling him what happened to his son, but just not saying that it was me, you know? Yeah, but then how do you tell someone's like, I know how your son died. Well, or, he like, is I know a superhero, son. right? Like, yeah. I mean, is wait, is that known? No, well, everyone knows him as the Winter Soldier, though, right? Like, So, so is that known, like, though? Like, I think is that's this... public. I don't know if it's public, but it's definitely, like, declassified by the government because the cops seem to yeah, know who he was right the cops like, seem to know and the therapist knows too well no because isn't it like he was he was the subject of a manhunt during civil war right he they everyone who he was the yeah soldier. that's true that's true because that was that was they made that public yeah in, uh, in civil war yeah his therapist yeah. worked for the military right so she would obviously know but yeah i think it's publicly known right so wait so is he also like a celebrity like i don't know because he didn't seem to be as recognized in that restaurant as he should have been if he's, like, a guy who saved the world, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I, well, I mean, he he, hi- he obviously he hides the arm and everything, but, like... But he also cut his hair, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, but... Oh, oh, very very Clark Kent. Yeah, put some glasses on. No one's going to know you're fucking Superman. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> I, think, I, don't even, I don't even know what the equivalent is, because these people don't fucking exist. But, like, if... I don't know, if Elon Musk or... I don't know who's a fucking billionaire, but somebody like famous, you know, walked into a bar, you you know it's them, or be like, oh, that at least looks a lot like them, right? I don't know. I feel like you'd be surprised. You see these fucking people all the time. You don't go, oh, like I'm gonna ignore it. You're like, oh shit, that was so and so, right? 
you don't bug them because you're not an asshole, but like you recognize them. If you're in a crowded place and like you're not really paying attention and like someone walked by you who was famous, I don't know. It's a, it's a, I guess. And I guess he's not like super duper uber famous, right? He's not yeah. like, you know, the he's not he's not like the pop star of the moment or whatever. He's like a guy who was super famous and now it's more like, you know what it's like? It's like if Neil Armstrong walked in the room or some shit. Right. Yeah, like I don't know what Neil Armstrong looks like. Yeah, he's like a super fan. I mean, he's also been dead for 10 years, but like if he walked in the room. Right. No, I know. I know exactly what you mean. You'd be like, well, that's not even a good analogy though because Bucky's like, you know, 30 or whatever. And Neil Armstrong's an old man. So like it's not perfect. I don't even know. Who, I really don't know like what the equivalent of that is. Like, I mean, how many people like, I guess, like, do you really know what Mark Zuckerberg looks like, right? Well, I, mean, I, I, know, I know what Mark Zuckerberg looks like. I watch the social well. network. I'm pretty sure I know what he looks like. He looks like Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> he looks like Jesse Eisenberg. Exactly. <laughs> he looks like Lex Luthor. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I'd, I'd like to mention about that therapy session is I love the like him going over those three rules that he mm, has. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The you know the nothing illegal. Nobody gets hurt. But then like the last one where he has to like admit that he's like no longer the Winter Soldier. I'm Bucky Barnes, and you know. And this is part of how I make amends. And I thought that was really clever, really funny. I would love to see this not be something that's dropped. Like, mm-hmm. I'd like him to, you know, like the, the Yori character. I hope that one day, like, we do get to see that scene where maybe he does come and makes amends with him, right? Or uh, the other people on his list. Like, yeah, I kind of want to see that arc pay off, you know? I, I, yeah. I understand. Yeah, yeah. But then he also, like, he has this date, which I don't know if that's going to go anywhere, right? It just seemed like the date was kind of a setup so that he would maybe feel bad about Mr. Nakajima and then... He was kind of a dick to Dude, he was an enormous or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, he just bounced. I felt bad for her. But then it's kind of like someone who's old doesn't recognize him, but then someone who's as young as she is doesn't seem to recognize him. So maybe he, he isn't recognizable to people, right? Maybe people don't know who Bucky Barnes is slash the Winter Soldier, but even though he has his own section in that Smithsonian Museum. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of things that I would like to see revisited, even though I don't think they will be. I would like to see Sam's sister again. Yes. You know, I, I, I think she's a great character. I think they deserve more than just one and done scenes, but it is a six episode mini, so I don't know if we're actually going to come back to that. Because I think there's a lot of stuff that they still need to cover. I think John Walker stuff needs to be covered. Zemo, obviously, is coming next episode, episode three. And we're already halfway through, right? And, and, and you know, with spoilers, you know, we're going to get Sharon Carter back on the show. Sharon like Carter. Me. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. Oh, sorry. Spoiler. God, the show fucking uh, sucks. <laughs> the podcast spoils everything. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's. I like those quiet moments that we've been talking about, right? And specifically in episode one, right, where he has the the moments with his sister or his nephews, right, mm-hmm. just talking about the boat that you know Sam really wants to save, and then him them trying to get the loans. Like, I really like the first episode because we, like you said, Jeff, we get so much more about these characters than we have, you know, pretty much in their entire MCU movie run. Mm-hmm. And I mean, specifically for me. Bucky is the one I'm so fascinated with, right? This idea of this guy who is, you know, tormented with the fact that he was like this robotic assassin that was under the control of Hydra. And then now he has to try to make amends and like kind of live with that, right? Because mm-hmm. we've seen in Civil War, right? He that, that moment where Tony's like, oh, do you even remember them? He's like, I remember them all. Mm-hmm. It tells me like he is someone who's haunted by his past and 
I'm so glad that this show is like exploring that. Yeah. The one thing I, I don't know if they will do or ever will do, but like that's someone he can't make amends to, right? Is Tony because Tony's dead. Right, like I yeah. wonder if like we would see an, a scene with him and like Morgan. Is that that's her name, right? His daughter. Yeah. Oh wow. I killed your grandparents, right? Like you don't have grandparents because I killed them. Like I wonder if they'll ever get to that point. I don't think so, but that would be kind of cool to see that if they ever did. I don't think he needs to add more baggage to Morgan's (laughs) psyche. Yeah, I don't think they're going that far. I'm sure she doesn't really even think about her grandparents. So the first episode kind of ends with, well, there's like this, I guess, money heist set up by the Flag Smashers, right? And then Torres is the one that kind of intercepts them. And we find out that at least one of them is super strong, right? Has super strength. And then we kind of find out in the second episode it's because they are potentially super soldiers right. is that the implication right yeah how, how do they come to the conclusion that they're super soldiers though um, no idea because they're super fucking strong there's so many super powered people like right they could who be, knows they could be androids or aliens or wizards right <laughs> yeah it could be one of the big three but so far it looks like they're not right i have the exact same question jeff was like they just like quickly went to the ideas like they must be super soldiers they're super strong they must be super soldiers like that Oh, that's kind of where I, that's kind of where I went too. But I guess I, yeah, I guess you're right, guys are right. They could be anything. They could be fucking. Yeah, Maybe scrolls. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, they could have <laughs> yeah. like eaten the fucking heart shaped herb, or they could. Yeah, the yeah. There's are. so many things. I guess that's very true. There's a very wide possibility of things in this in this universe that they could be. I guess. All right, I gotta ask you a related question: Is Bucky a super soldier? Does he have serum? In his veins, so, or does he yes, not? He yes, does. Yes, so he I does. was thinking the okay. same fucking thing. I was like, is this guy a super soldier or not? Because I feel like if I wasn't a super soldier, I would not be jumping out of planes without parachutes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, I looked it up. He definitely is. He, um, Whoever captured him and brought him over to become the Winter Soldier, they injected him with you know, their own evil version of the super soldier serum. I think it's not the same one Steve got. I think it's one that's like No, it's not. He's, he got the bootleg. He yeah, got he got like a bootleg, bootleg version. Because they, they even say, remember, like, in Civil War, were, like, the ones that got the actual, like, one from Howard were, like, stronger oh, right, than right, him. right, 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 right. But, yes, he is a super soldier because he, he falls out of a plane and he's totally fine, right? Yeah, because he falls out of the plane and then he's running. So, like, I guess I didn't really notice this from Civil War, but, like, he's running, like, as fast as a car. Yeah, he catches those trucks. Yeah, he catches those trucks in episode two of this. So, I was like, wait, does he have super soldier serum? And I guess I guess the answer is he does. But you know who does not have Super Soldier Serum? Fucking John Walker does not. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, at the end of the first episode, it is revealed that uh, Sam may have made the wrong choice by giving up the shield because the government went quickly into casting or, or denoting a new person to be the new Captain America, right? And it is this character, you'll find out, I mean, you find out in the second episode, who is called John Walker. Yeah. Um, do you guys do you, do you guys have a little bit of understanding of better of his background in the actual comics? Yeah, I think I do. I think the thing with John Walker is like I think there's more shading to him here than in the comics. I don't want to say he's like a flat out villain in the comics, but I think there's he's being portrayed with a little more sympathy at least in the first two episodes. I don't know what's what they're gonna do with him yeah. later on. He might be a total fucking douchebag. Someone might like. Uh, unearth his racist tweets or something but who knows (laughs) so john walker is based on the character called u.s agent created by mark gruenwald and so he's basically an ultra nationalist version of captain america 
mm-hmm. that replaced him in the comics. And he first appeared in the 80s. So first he was this character called Super Patriot, and then he became U.S. Agent. And, like, so if Captain America is, is all the positive aspects of, like, patriotism and doing things for your country, then U.S. Agent is, like, everything negative. Very similar to maybe what's going on here. He, like, hired a terrorist group to attack someone, and then, like, he would come in and, like, save the people under attack. You know, like, things like that, like, false flag operations. So, basically, he's, like, the antithesis of, of Steve Rogers. But we don't know that much about him here, except that everyone fucking hates his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looked a little weird when you, you see him, like, in the actual costume. What I took away from this is, like, you have to be a very specific type of handsome to pull off the Captain America costume. Specifically, you have to be Chris Evans, because this dude kind of looks dopey at, at some time. Which is perfect, right? He's supposed to look a little off and dopey, right? Like, I feel like it's perfect. He's he's not supposed to, it's not supposed to look good. It's supposed to look a little off, and it does. The actor who plays him is uh, Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. He's not bad look. He's a good looking dude. He just looks no. weird in this costume, right? I mean, I think smartly they in the second episode they make him like take his helmet off a lot because he looks he looks good when he has that helmet off. It it's just weird when he has the actual helmet on. It's like yeah, it doesn't work with the proportions of it. Like not to like criticize the guy's face or head or anything, but like it doesn't look quite as I guess maybe good as is Chris Evans. But I mean, when he has his helmet off, he looks generally like like I could believe this. Like this guy could be Captain America. Yeah, no. I mean, I he looks he looks he looks like a boot like Captain America, like which is what it's supposed <laughs> to look like, right? Like you just got that you just like you got like that DVD from Times Square that like he's the guy at, in Times Square trying to like uh, bust for money to yeah. look, lo, while looking not, like Captain America. He's like not that. Captain America. He's Colonel United States <laughs> or something. Exactly. That's exactly it. Perfect. But yeah, the, the second episode starts with the introduction of, of his character, right? He's back at his old high school and he's like, th- that's the, the thing we've seen in a lot of the trailers, right? Him mm-hmm. marching on the field with the marching band. And I love that this episode's called a Spar- Star Spangled Man. And like the song that that marching band is playing is actually a, a rendition of the, the Star Spangled Man that they play in the first Avenger, right? It's like a rearrangement right, right, of it. Right, I yeah. thought that was really cool. This is the, the part where we, you know, we get introduced to him. I, I guess, I'm guessing that's his wife. That's with him. And then his partner, Lamar Hoskins. He's got his own Bucky. <laughs> yeah, he's got his own Bucky. Or, or Sam Wilson. I don't know what, what the analog is supposed to be there. It's interesting to see that his origin is a lot like Cap's origin in, in that the kind of that parallel of him being this kind of propaganda machine. Mm-hmm. You know, partially like propaganda, but also it looks like, yeah, he actually does take combat, right? Because we see him in the fight later. Yeah, but it's interesting to see that parallel where, like, you know, the reporter's like, "Oh, you, you're, you've been on this tour, right?" And you imagine like this is some kind of press tour to be like, "Hey, let's celebrate this new Captain America." Which I thought that was kind of weird because I was like, "Really? Would everyone just like want a new Captain America like right away?" Like, I would feel like there would be people that would maybe oppose this taking up of the mantle. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I don't know. I mean, I feel like the United States government does whatever the fuck they want. I think it's kind of shitty that, like, Sam thought he was giving the shield to the Smithsonian, and then they just fucking took it and gave it to John Walker. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, 
they they were obviously trying to sell the shit out of him, right? Because he's like the the reporter from Good Morning America or like the interviewer. She was like, "Oh, you have three congressional medals of honor. That's that's a lot. There's three more than anyone this podcast has." but like i was like are you sure you're not a super soldier three medal of honors is a lot i don't know what he's been doing in the battlefield but like they're showing like his proficiency with a shield and like the interview segment i was like i feel like you need to be a super soldier to to do that shit yeah absolutely Maybe not, though. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe not, because we see, like, I mean, if you've seen the trailers, you've seen like, yeah, yeah, Sam, yeah. Sam throw it, too, it. And, and stuff, so it's like, maybe you don't, but, like, at the same time, like, how long have you been training for this? Like, you're so good with that shield. Yeah. But to be fair, it doesn't look as effortless as when Steve was wielding it, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. when he catches it, he's got to, like, use, like, all of his, like, body momentum to, like... Stop it. To stop it, right? He, like, uses both hands to catch it, and, and it's not like... Steve, who's just flinging that thing around like a frisbee. So the big, I guess, action scene in in this second episode is that you know the warehouse to the like truck fight. I guess is what you want to call it. This is where we get introduced. I mean, we you saw her in the first episode for like a little bit. She's the one who like is the one who distributes the mask at the end of the the first episode. But we we get introduced to Carly Morgenthau, right? Mm-hmm. The what it's kind of. Presumably the the actual leader of the Flag Smashers. Mm-hmm. We're going to call her Super Soldier, right? And it seems like all of them are Super Soldiers, right? They all have increased strength and they are easily taking out Bucky and, and Sam uh, on, on top of these trucks. And then we get the introduction of John Walker and I guess Battlestar is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lamar Hoskins character who kind of joined the fight. But then they also kind of basically easily get handled. Yeah, they get washed. Um, so it does make me think that he isn't a super soldier. I was very surprised that we were, we saw a U.S. agent in, in action so quickly. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised that like oh that to see that shield fly in from like the edge of the screen. You know, like I, I was not expecting to see them in action so soon. Well, I was gonna say especially because they use this this sequence a lot in the trailers, and in the trailers it always just seems like it's Sam and Bucky. Right, 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 no right. It's like all the of... stuff in the under the car, uh, under the trucks mm-hmm. and stuff, and like yeah. they don't really show John Walker. They don't show, uh, his, yeah, John yeah. Walker. So it was a little bit surprised me that all of a sudden he came in and was part of this battle. Also, very obvious green screen here. I, I definitely could tell. I don't know if they used like all of the action budget in the first episode intro Probably. sequence, but like, I mean, it looked fine. I think on repeat viewings, I didn't mind it as much, but like the first time I watched it, I was like, wow, this is very obvious green screen going on here looked a little shaky i mean it still looked like good green screen but i could tell i think it's it's a tv show but it was pretty cool like we we did see that moment where like john walker like saves hoskins by like throwing the shield under him when he gets kicked off the car i thought that was like a cool touch very wonky physics i don't think that actually (laughs) works i i recall the the moment when spider-man like questions the physics of of cap shield and so forth so (laughs) If it, if it's a uh, shield physics you're talking about, I'll I'll just buy it for whatever it is. <laughs> I do like that there is this shading around John Walker where the character does seem like a little bit on edge and he can kind of like turn at any moment, but he does generally seem like he's a good guy for now. For now. <laughs> is he like a villain straight out or is he like an anti-hero sort of? I think in the beginning he was a villain. And he was clearly written as 
as Mark Gruenwald called him, like a patriotic villain. But then, like, later on, I think he got a little more shading and became more of, like, an anti-hero. And he was part of, like, the Dark Avengers and things like that. So there was more shading in the future issues that he was in. But I think when he started, he was more more of a villain. So I, I don't know how that'll figure into the series, but... I hope it just doesn't take, like, an abrupt left turn into, like... Being a sudden asshole, like uh, I want it to be like something that you could buy, right? Like, uh, yeah, like a heel turn that you could, you can, you can ease yourself into. I did like that he used a gun, and people were like, "Well, Cap doesn't use a gun. Why should he?" And well, Cap used a gun in the first movie. If you don't remember, he, he killed does, like a, yeah, he killed like a billion people with that gun. Also, Cap's a super soldier. Yeah, yeah. Listen, if you want me to go do a super soldier's job, and I'm not a super soldier, you better give me a fucking gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say he's like, he's good for now. But then, like, there was that conversation in the car. He does come off pretty douchey, right? Calling, yeah. like, uh, Sam, like, Cap's wingman. Like, doesn't really give him the respect that I think Sam thinks he deserves. And I do think Sam deserves that respect, right? As a hero. So, it is interesting to see, the sh- like I said, the shading on this character for now. I-, I do think it's funny that neither Sam or Bucky respect him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, like, during the fight... I thought it was so funny, though, the the look Bucky gave him when he was, like, passing him his shield. It was, like, the briefest look, but he's like, this isn't yours. You don't you don't deserve this yeah. shield or whatever. Just from a little glance, which I thought was very, very funny. I want to take the opportunity to talk about the Flag Smashers a little bit, because we didn't really mention, like, their ideology, where which was more outlined in the first episode. But these people are, like, looking for, like, a world without borders, and they think that life was better... During the blip. So that doesn't make sense to me. What's the connection between those There's, two ideas? There is none. It's so like, weird. Wait, I think it's what? so weird like, to me. The life was better during the blip. So you want a world like what? What do you mean life was better during the blip? Like, is it like Ra's al Ghul? Like, oh, there was less people. So like the like the earth could support more people or something. Like, what the fuck? It doesn't sound like they thought this through at all. It's very thinly sketched. There's a lot of implying here, right? Like, I think the implication is that because the world was like 50% down that like those those trivial things like between nations and between the world was probably less important yeah less important right than like us just surviving right with 50% of the population gone that maybe it, in in some people's eyes that was better than all of a sudden like everyone's back and like they talk about how like the people that were corrupt back then or like brought back into place or like you know like the world just went back to the way it was before the blip and i guess maybe to these people that's not a good thing per se. I mean, they haven't had like much of an opportunity to actually like really go into their ideology. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now, but it's a little thinly sketched um, at the moment. And I do think that they're giving away that Carly's not really a, a villain. Yeah. I think they're really giving her like the winners at it here, where they're really giving her a lot of scenes with sympathy and stuff. And I think they're kind of overloading it. So like, I, I can see it, like, right away that, like, there's probably something going on with her that's not as antagonistic as you would think. You know, because, like, she's getting that text. It's like, someone's like, oh, you stole this from me, and I'm going to hunt you down and kill you, right? So, like, that's not something you really want your villain to be dealing with. That's not something you would usually have your villain experience, right? So, like, I think there's definitely more than meets the eye with the Flag Smashers and with Carly. Yeah, hopefully there's something more there besides this kind of, like, half-baked pseudo-philosophy behind the Flag Smashers. I guess, like, 
the larger critique would just be of like how like hand in glove the entire MCU is with like the military industrial complex and how they're like mm-hmm. how like it's all about like war and imperialism and like you know but that that's like kind of old how we don't even have to rehash any of that that's like kind of just like you just accept that if you're gonna watch this stuff it is what it is yeah like the military gives funding to these movies you know that right yeah like yeah. they they bankroll like the iron man movies and like probably this too anything like that has like the armed forces in like a super prominent role they give money to it i think they have to sign off on stuff as well yeah like they have the to trails, sign off like, sign off on stuff so yeah, like who, I mean, who, who knows and 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 all that's just like the direct stuff. Not to that's like not mentioning any of the, like the embedded ideology or the content, right? That's just like we already kind of touched on this, but I'd like to speak on it a little bit more. Was the scene? I think the great scene we got with Isaiah Bradley. Mm-hmm. This is like Jeff said. One thing I really hope they come back to because I think there's a lot of weight to like the idea of black soldiers that were kind of experimented on, right? His character comes from a, a comic book arc called Truth, you know, Red, White, and Black, uh, about, like, the first black Captain America, right? It's, like, I think in in the story, like, you know, hundreds of African-American soldiers were tested on with super soldier serum, and I think out of, like, the hundreds, only, like, five survive, and, you know, Isaiah Bradley is one of them, who's, and he's, I think, the last remaining survivor out of those five that survived. And in the comics, the same thing happens, I believe, where, you know, he, he does go to jail, right? He, he mentions that in the series and he's he's experimented on. Like, he's kind of forgotten in, in history because, like, even in the comics, I think S- Steve doesn't know about him until, like, way later. And yeah. it's kind of like the moment, you know, where Sam kind of realizes, like, wait, why haven't I heard about this person, right? Like, why don't I know this person? I should know about this person. Yeah, I, I really like this scene, and I, I think Carl Lumbly does a great job. I th- I like that they give him a little bit of an edge. He patronizes about his arm, like, oh, I ripped off half that arm. Looks like it grew back. I would like to see, like, maybe if there's no room in this mini for another, like, uh, Isaiah Bradley, like, outing, I maybe want to see, like, a one-off episode or, like, a little TV movie on Disney Plus just to, like, go back to that origin story and, like, maybe even see, like, his encounter with Bucky, you know, on on screen, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would, yeah, it would, that would, it would be really cool. cool. I like I like the character. I like that he's an old pissed off black man. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think he's got plenty of reasons to be angry, and uh, <laughs> I'm glad they let him be at least a little bit angry, uh, justifiably so. So we talked. We mentioned earlier, like Bucky gets arrested. Of course, it would be John Walker's the one who's going to bail him out. But then, I guess part of the stipulation of him getting bailed out is that he has to have one final therapy session. And um, it's between him, the therapist, and and uh, Sam. Uh, I thought that was there's some pretty good levity there. Like that, this is uh, it was a pretty funny scene. But I really did like the the moment. Like Bucky, he's like super honest about like he's talking about Sam. It's like if Steve was wrong about you, then maybe he was wrong about me. I, I think that really kind of hit me um, and and really worked for me. I really like the therapist character too. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of times like the therapist characters are like nothing characters or like. They turn out to be villains or like something like that or something stupid. But like, I think there's actually some depth to this this therapist character, and I I really like the chemistry that she has with both Sam and Bucky. So yeah, I like I like I liked her. That scene didn't work for me. I liked her in the first one where she was kind of doing her rules and whatever. Even yeah. though those were a little silly, I was like willing to roll with it. But like, I don't know that weird impromptu group therapy session like just didn't 
work for me. I was like, this is like a very weird, unprofessional, just odd thing to do. Like it just did, didn't totally hit. Yeah, I didn't see what like, the purpose was of that to just include Sam and Bucky in like a impromptu therapy session. Like that's that's the condition of your bail. So, like what's what's the point of that? Like to what end are you doing that? Right? Like I don't know. And it didn't accomplish anything, right? Like what the fuck? It was just for like I think comedic purposes. Yeah, actually, yeah, like, just like a yeah. Guys, we know that they don't like each other and they're never going to see each other again after this. Yeah. <laughs> Lo and behold. They're going to become besties. Or maybe they're gay. Who knows? Wait, is that a reference? To, is that did, did I miss something? What? There's a lot of homoeroticism in, in this episode, in the second episode, yeah. I think. With them, like, interlocking their thighs and then, like, rolling around in the grass outside. But there's a lot of people that are also, like, shipping it, right? Like, they're, like, they like the idea, like, hey, why, why can't we have these two, like, strong, like, male leads, like, be in a relationship? I and, but, I mean, I don't think... I don't think that's what this is going. No, I'm not, not I to don't, say that I don't. I don't think... Not to say that I don't want that. I'm just saying, like, I don't think that's what these two characters would like. I would feel weird to me if they all of a sudden, like, like admitted that they loved each other and want to. You know what I mean? If they need gay characters, they can just bring back the Russo brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the one Russo brother. The, run, the one Russo brother. <laughs> and then we have like one scene, final scene with the Flag Smashers that I thought was kind of like kind of pointless and stupid, except for the fact that we find out that they are being chased by someone called the Power Broker. I did like see. I did like seeing that one super soldier get bodied. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna stay behind and like buy time for you guys." And like a bunch of like he bought like no time for yeah, a bunch of military just just show up and like ventilate him. I was like, "Oh, okay." Being a super soldier like doesn't really mean anything if you yeah don't have like a vibranium shield or like some way to not get like ventilated by bullets. You're just like every other asshole out there. Like I mentioned before, the the power broker like in the comics is is someone that is a villain and he creates like a, a drug that allows people to have i think temporary powers in the comic and the fact that you know i'm i'm guessing is he's the one who you know sent carly the text earlier right you stole from me it is interesting to see if we'll learn if their super soldier powers are permanent or temporary oh i didn't think about that are temporary super soldier powers a thing like i said like in in the comics i believe the power broker his like he he has a drug that like gives people temporary superpowers not permanent Mm. so like i'm wondering if it's that's something that that's what he they stole from him right right but also the power broker also i believe i mean this is spoilers this this might lead to somewhere in the future is the one that gives john walker his powers in the comic oh that makes sense yeah so like i think this all is like you know this is kind of how it's all kind of tying together with the flag smashers and then john and then and then the power i do think like with the addition of like the power broker we got like one too many players in the field i wonder if like it's going to turn out that like zemo and the power broker are like one in the same or something that might be a little economical kind of combining of characters who knows um but speaking of zemo i mean at the end of this episode bucky and sam are basically on their way to go see him guessing that you know that's who we're gonna see in this next episode wait so i don't understand the rationale behind going to see zemo just because he knew all of hydra's stuff yes and like they were involved in super soldier experimentation is that the only reason yeah i think it's the his connection that he studied hydra and knew hydra so well that maybe he's the last living person that could tell him hydra secrets even though he wasn't a hydra agent that's he kind was just, of a shaky reason to see Zemo, I feel. A bit of a reach. A little bit of a reach. Yeah. I, I am excited to see 
see uh, Daniel Brule back as as Zemo. Oh I, yeah, I, I like Zemo as a character. I think I think Civil War is like one of my favorite Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. People are always saying like I'm nuts for saying saying that, but you're not. I fucking love Civil War. It's so good. I think it might even be better than like Infinity War and Endgame. I don't know. <laughs> Probably, possibly. The I feel like the big. I don't know, parking lot airport hangar fight doesn't age well. I think it looks kind of bland, but it's got great moments in it. I think, like, yeah. Ant-Man turning into Giant-Man is cool. The intro to Spider-Man is cool. I just like Civil War just because, like, it subverts your expectations. There's, like, no giant beams falling out of the sky. Like, Zemo kills all the super soldiers before they can be activated. So they're they're not even in the picture at the end. It's really great. I think it's just like a street level fight at the end between Bucky, yeah. Cap, and Tony, right? And I, I think that's that's great. Something you don't really see a lot in in the Marvel movies. I mean, spoilers here, but I'm really excited to see him, uh, Zemo, in his uh, comics costume mm-hmm. with the with the purple ski mask and like the the shirling coat. I think that's great. I like that look. It's pretty cool. Hopefully it's not a one-off. Hopefully he'll be in more than one episode. Yeah, it, it seems like he will be. It seems like he will be. It seems like he'll be a bigger player. Um, can I go into like a little bit of a speculation? Oh, I want here to we go. <laughs> Derek's speculation so be, corner. So yeah. I could be completely wrong. But do you guys remember in First Avenger, there's a scene specifically with uh, Erskine and Steve. He talks a lot about like the super soldier serum it like amplifies who you are, right? Mm-hmm. So if like you're you're good at heart, you're you're gonna even be better at that. But if like you have something that's like fucked up inside you, it's going to really amplify that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're gonna get with John. Oh, maybe. Like it doesn't seem like he has the super soldier serum now, but it does seem like he has this edge, right? It seems like he has this a lot. A lot of like uh, what I liked about the locker room scene is that it seems like he's really like nervous and feels the pressure of being this person that is Mm -hmm. Captain America. So, like, I feel like he's a character that is going to want to take the super soldier serum because he thinks that that's what... He needs to live up to the mantle of Captain America. America. That's actually a good theory because I like that. I think that's believable when it comes to, like, him turning, like, evil or, like, a full-on villain. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, like, the the thing we need for, like, his, his heel turn, right? Like Amir, you were saying like you want you want that that turn to villainy to be believable, and I think that's a good one. I think it's a it's a good theory to tie it back to the first Avenger and to like a legacy character like Erskine. I, I think I think that's great. Good speculation, Derek. <laughs> I, I, I approve. It's probably going to be wrong. Still, <laughs> I actually think this might be the closest I can get. <laughs> the closest you'll you'll you've come to to I. I would like to see that, and I think it's possible, so who knows? Yeah, it just, it just seems like when you come up with these things, like, you've put more thought into it than they have. <laughs> uh, I know. But uh, do you guys have anything else? Or? No, I think we covered everything. Was, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess if, if that's it, uh, I, that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on my blog at Strange Harbors, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? Um, you can find me here on the podcast. Uh, what about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me at the wrong day. Dave spelled D A Y I K, and that's for Instagram and Twitter. If you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. 
If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to many more people. Yeah, and if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, any tidbit that you would like to add to our episode about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, please feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. We like to get fan and listener mail and read it out on the pod sometimes, so feel free to do that. And with that, we will see you guys next week um, where we will be talking about more cape shit. Yes, <laughs> yes. We're on a roll here. We're naming this the Cape Shit Podcast. The Cape Shit Podcast. We're on a roll here. All superheroes all the time. Fuck Minari. Fucking Miami. It's all fucking banal, dumb superhero shit from now on. Let's fucking go, baby. No, that's that's how we get our listeners. So yeah, okay. Um, we do right. one for you, give one for us. Give the or like, what they no, want. No, we do like, this, we do like this five case. for them and then yeah. one for us. In this case, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next uh, week, we'll be talking about Amazon Prime's new animated series, Invincible. Is that what we're doing? I think that's what we're doing, right? Uh, well, it is now. You fucking said it on the pod, so. I can still cut them out, Amir. Don't worry. But we'll we'll see you guys next week, then. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>